Welcome to the podcast version of Robot in Depth. This episode's interview is with Sebastian Weisenberger and is produced in cooperation with Vivolver. Robots in Depth is supported by Aptomica. Visit aptomica.com to connect. You will find all past episodes and more on robotsindepth.com. Welcome to this episode of Robots in Depth. Today I'm honored to have Sebastian Weisenberger from TUM here, and he also works with the Eckord Plus Plus project. Exactly. I'm going to start it the way we usually start it. Mm-hmm. How did you get into robotics? Why robotics? Why not something else? Well, it was an interesting story. So I used to work for a German member of parliament who wasn't re-elected, uh, and I was looking for a new job, and I saw the job offered by TUM. Uh, that they were uh, looking for someone doing public relations in robotics and um, I had a friend there who was actually working at the very same place and uh, she told me yeah yeah that's actually where I'm working at and why don't you hand in your application and I did they took me and so that's why I'm here yeah how long time ago was this there was two and a half years ago yeah so that was just the beginning of this robot revolution we're seeing that's when the real growth phase Mm -hmm. started so You've been part of robotics for a very interesting phase, I yes, think. Yes, exactly. And you also come from a quite different background than my usual, the usual people I interview, bringing in the political experience and a total different set of, of, of previous history. That's true. Um, I got a master's degree in philosophy, communication studies and political science, and I used to work in politics for quite some time. Um, so, But that's also what makes it easy for me to work uh, as a PR person in robotics now because my main job is to translate what the scientists and the researchers are saying into uh, a language that the general public can understand. So if I was, uh, let's say, a mechanical engineer or a computer scientist by profession, I think it would be harder for me to step out of that picture and think about, okay, what is it what normal people can understand and what is uh, jargon that should be translated into something else. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking we need much more of mm-hmm. than, than we have today. Uh, because you you can spend the time immersing mm-hmm. yourself in the field, yeah. ingesting this material and then reprocessing it for the general public and also for politicians, which exactly. is a very important demographic to, for robotics really have to keep a dialogue open with the regulatory yes. industry and the politicians. Yes. No, it's, it's, it's very important also for Echo Plus Plus and I can say we are fairly well connected. So we had a booth at Hannover Messe and we had uh, two European commissioners coming by for visits. So, um, and also at Automatica 2014, there was uh, the former European commissioner for digital innovation, Neely Cruz, and she was at our booth too. So uh, we like to tell the decision makers what uh, our project is about and what, where we see the future trends in robotics so they can actually pave the path towards towards the future of robotics and it's of course uh, let's be honest here is also about a structuring where the where the funds for future and research for future research and development will go to mm. and also so the the funding research funding development funding market introduction mm-hmm. which is challenging for for the european union yes. that last step but also preparing the regulatory framework yes. that we operate in we see this in the drone space mm-hmm. where, yes. where, where where regulator regulatory uh, 
stuff is just decades behind. Mm -hmm. There is you have the same regulatory thing for a mm -hmm. 747 as you have for a drone, and they're wildly different things. Yeah, completely um, different. I mean, especially for me as a philosopher, that's very interesting when you talk about ethics in robotics. Who is responsible for, let's say, what autonomous systems are doing? Is it the user? Is it the manufacturer? Is it maybe someone else? Who is responsibility assigned? So all the ethical and legal questions that are around robotics, uh, uh, I'm interested in them uh, very much, but this is more the private part because mm. I don't hit them that much in my in my actual daily work. But I think you're going to do so more and more because as robotics mm. are introduced in the general population yeah. and in general society, we're going to see much more thinking about how can we do this well? How can we yes. do this for the benefit mm. of, of each other and, and the society we live in and the society we share, right? And that is definitely true. That, sorry. That is definitely true, um, especially as we're um, going into the field of medical robotics in aircraft plus plus rehabilitation at home also um, robots for the use in hospitals so there is always um, a part uh, of of proposal writing is about stating what are you going to do with ethical issues because Every time there is some kind of robot-patient interaction, ethical issues, uh, they occur immediately. And so you, you have to be able to challenge them, to find an answer to them. Uh, for example, let me say data protection. So you're collecting a lot of data from patients and how are they stored? How can you make secure that no one else can access the data than the people that are supposed to access that data? That's a very important question. We, we, one example we I've seen is that we take cleaning in a hospital room. Mm -hmm. Uh, we can have a person doing it and we can have a robot doing it. Uh, if you are in the hospital and yeah. you, you're getting treatment, you have a right to privacy. Yes. Uh, and, and a person might see you and then they might share that information with somebody that you don't want them to share it with. Right. But a robot also has sensors. They have sensors for video yeah, cameras, exactly. sound. Exactly. They might also actively constantly transmit that exactly. data to the server for processing. Oh, and how do we protect this? Well, that's a very good question. I mean, uh, there have to be rules, legal frameworks. Uh, uh, it's it's not it's not all about trusting uh, people, but also about setting up the right rules, uh, also from the political perspective. So what you can actually do and what you can't do. So it's not only about hospital rooms. If you think about like something that is very harmless like robots for tourism so a tourist guy that's roaming around the city mm -hmm. and uh, you can ask the robot questions maybe in several languages and the mm -hmm. robot will direct you to the nearest restaurant cafe the nearest site mm -hmm. so that all sounds very fine but of course there is the risk so you could uh, misuse this as a police robot so access the camera and see what people are doing on the street and supervise them mm -hmm. so I mean in several countries you have uh, CCTV all over the place but uh, for us in Germany it's it's very important that there uh, even in the in the public space that there are some pre uh, some places that are not supervised 24/7 so mm. and it has to be made sure that these robots are only used for the purpose they're supposed to be used for which is in in that example tourism and that the data won't go to the police or someone else mm. and even if it does go to the police it has to do so in a controlled way and it has to be accountable you have to know who mm. accessed what data and when and why and if it is for uh, for instance for law enforcement yeah. it has to also 
also be uh, supervised by, for instance, a judge or a, exactly. or some third party, by an in independent party. Yes, yes mm. that, that that has both the interest of law enforcement yeah. and the general public in mind when yes. when they're doing this very hard trade-off. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, you're now working with. Should we do TUM, Technology University of Munich? We're at the Munich Fair this yes. time and we really appreciate both the support of KUKA and the support of uh, the Messe Munich uh, mm -hmm. to allow us to be here. Um, could we look a little bit on what you do for TUM? Um, so I'm working for the Eckert Plus Plus project, which is a EU-funded robotics research project. So what we did basically is we collected money from the European Union and we are now redistributing it to fund application-oriented research. So um, in close collaboration of industry, academia and the users of the technology, our motto is from lab to market. Uh, so that's what we do. We bring robotics technology from the lab to the market. Mm, very interesting. And you've been doing this for two years now, I understand. Two and a half years. Two and a yeah, half yeah. years. And the project <coughs> is four or five years it's, in total. It's a five years project. So Accurate Plus Plus is the follow-up project of the uh, first Accurate project, which uh, lasted already for five years and ended in 2013. So and in uh, autumn 2013, Accurate Plus Plus came into place and it will last until uh, the end of September 2018. So mm. then after that phase, we had 10 years of Accurate. Uh, projects in total. Mm. And I'm sure there's going to be a continuation in some uh, shape. Uh, it would be totally crazy not to fund further development of robotics <laughs> you, right you, now. You tell that to the European Commission. Hello Commission. Hello Commission. I can definitely do that straight to camera. Yeah. Not supporting uh, this mm. very because I see, and I see this in two ways. Yeah. I see that Europe really stands well when it comes to mm. research. Our yeah. research here in Europe is very well, mm -hmm. very good. Uh, and I also see that transferring these results to to the general domain, yes. either spinning it out as companies, yes. transferring it to existing companies, working with existing companies of, of having them pull mm -hmm. technology from research, say mm -hmm. this is what we can use, this is what I need, can you help yeah. me? And, and cooperating with industry is something we need more of, not less of. You heard that <laughs> commission. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's you, you're absolutely right on that. That's that's a very important thing that you say. Not not everyone is working in in their world and they don't know the other worlds. It's about talking to each other. It's mm. about uh, robot manufacturers talking to researchers and, and exchanging ideas, exchanging needs, uh, and also um, about the users actually of the technology to, to take in what, what they want, what, what robot technology actually they need. So we have a part of Agro++ is the so-called PDTI, Public End User Driven Technological Innovation Scheme. Uh, it's, <laughs> horrible a, it's a horrible acronym. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the gist of it is nice. Yeah, what, what, what you're trying the, to do. The idea is very, very interesting. So um, we asked several public bodies, like uh, municipalities, hospitals, for example, uh, what what kind of, of needs they have, what problems they have, they would like to solve you know, with robotics technologies, and then uh, an independent panel asked. Um, they evaluated those channels and then they came out with uh, two challenges that are very important. One is sewer inspections, so having a robot inspecting uh, the actual sewers, looking for structural defects and damages there and then reporting uh, that data to, to the workers so they can repair it. And the other is robots for comprehensive geriatric assessment, which is a test um, 
for elderly patients in hospitals to ex assess their uh, abilities, uh, the cognitive abilities as well as the physical abilities, and then come up with a treatment plan. So, and in in CGA as it called as it is called for short. So the doctors found out that they and all the people, all the other people uh, that are working in the treatment, they are doing a lot of time, they're spending a lot of time testing things, so filling in paperwork. And so they said, okay, why can't we use a robot for that? Just do the testing so we can spend more time with the patient actually. And now with the funds of plus, six consortia in total are developing robots. So three for the scenario of sewer inspection, three for the geriatric assessment. They're developing robots uh, to, um, according to to this very need so it's it's really the at the, in the end the users will have prototypes small test series uh, of robots they actually wanted and that are not commercially available on the market yet and you should driven uh, bringing of research to a product taking that last step between research and prototype yes. and, and and early <coughs> stage use product which is so hard bridging this it's mm. called the valley of death for a exactly. startup exactly. Is, is very <laughs> challenging because private funds are not yes. available because it's too early and research funds can't be used because it isn't really research towards the end of yeah. that spectrum so bridging this gap is is very challenging and and you're working right there in that sector it is indeed and you, you well one has to keep in mind so with eu funds you can't have a, the you can't bring the product to to the, exactly to the market so there is also a small gap mm -hmm. where where the funding for research and development has to end and mm -hmm. you need you need to bridge this gap to the market so you, so all the projects in Accurate plus mm plus -hmm. uh, are going very close to market but not not on there it's not that and in the, at the end of record plus plus you could immediately sell those projects yeah. so that's that's where our network steps in to be in contact with for example venture capitalists to see okay mm -hmm. they have a very interesting idea so how can we actually um, access some funds to to help them to to bring their idea forward and to have a marketable product in the end yeah and there you work as an introducer you work also as a, a, a credible third party yeah. uh, if this if you bring this startup mm. to a venture capitalist yeah. and you can verify as a third party yes. that's not interested in the deal yes. directly and saying that this is good technology we've listened to both the developers and the end users and yes this is a substantial project yes our assessment is completely independent because yeah. we 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 will not we, we don't get a share of whatever revenue they will mm. be making so because we're we're working for public authorities like myself uh, the Technical University of Munich is owned by the state of Bavaria so mm. a region in Germany and so I get my salary and that's just it so yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is also very important <coughs> I think because that streamlines the process mm. both for the uh, startup and also for the mm. venture capitalist, mm. both of them have a very hard job yes. of, of finding each other and yes. finding the, finding the right fit. Yes. Um, do you see that venture capitalist is moving into this field, and uh, is it is it easier now to talk to them than two and a half years ago? Well, there is one venture capitalist named Renaud Champion from France, uh, yeah. and he's on the advisory board of Accurate Plus Plus, and I think. 
Um, it's still at the beginning to, to see the sector growing, that people are actually giving giving money for developing robotic startups. But I think, I think it's an ever-growing market and more and more people will step in, and uh, which is a good thing on the, on, the un, on, on the one hand. On the other hand, of course, the startups need to be careful on whom to trust. Uh, so but that, the, you <laughs> can also work as an advisor there. And of sure. course, any venture capitalist would be very careful with the relationship mm. they have with you because you're here long term you're going to yeah. be, be able to deliver them multiple projects over many years yes. uh, and if, if, if they treat one of your in, uh, startups badly you won't yeah. recommend them again so that's true. again being a trusted third party tempers everyone and that's true, fosters yeah. long-term relationships rather than short-term profits and gains that's true I fully agree on that yeah could you make you we've talked about the assessment of the elderly and we've mm -hmm. talked about sewer uh, mm -hmm. inspection uh, can you mention a few of the other projects that has been going on you're free to talk about the older record plus there is so much there's so much to talk about in record plus plus so mm -hmm. <laughs> so we also have uh, research projects called experiments these are a small-scale research projects with the array of one and a half years and a funding of roughly around 300,000 euro each. Uh, and we now got 15 experiments up and running and 16 uh, others will join this summer. Uh, so, so more than 30 projects in total and they're from various application domains. We have agriculture, medical robotics, industrial robotics, uh, collabor collaborative robotics. Uh, it's, it's really a vast field and you can see really the wealth of robotics research that's out there. Um, one, one of the projects I, I mentioned fairly often is the Mars project, uh, which is uh, they're producing uh, swarm robots for planting corn. And there is one big manufacturer of agricultural machinery involved, which is Echo, also known under their brand name Fence. So normally they produce huge tractors. And so the idea of this Mars project is to have the farmer decide whether he or she wants to buy actually a big tractor like before, which is uh, has its problems of soil compaction, it's heavy machinery, and of course no, someone needs to run the equipment or to say okay we're going to have a swarm of robots here i can the farmer can operate them from from his or her tablet uh, and in the meantime do something else while the robots are independently actually planting the corn so this is uh, this is a product they they want to bring to market and make it commercially available at a competitive price and it's very interesting because there is on the one hand echo from the from the manufacturer's side, there is also the Hochschule Ulm, so the University of Applied Sciences in Ulm in southern Germany involved. So you have the two worlds there, academia and industry, and they have a farmer uh, who gives them their field as a test site. So yeah. they're planting. All three the players are there, are the research, there. the, co the uh, yeah. business world and the end user, the exactly, farmer. Exactly. And, and I'm thinking that the swarm compared to the, mm -hmm. the regular tractor is in the long run going to have a very hard time competing. You mentioned soil compaction, <coughs> uh, fuel costs yes. and, and also inflexibility. Yes. Non-farmers rarely think about the time critical things that farmers go mm -hmm. through when they need to bring in this corn yeah. when it's finished with wheat and other produce we might have hours from ripe to 
too ripe. So it's yeah, very, sure. very, it's a very tight time window where they can actually go out and get it. Yeah, exactly. And with today's method, we actually have to hmm. get stuff that is not really ripe because yeah. we can't go to the same field four times. Yes. For instance, apples and oranges and other mm. things. A robot can pass the same tree many times yeah, and pick true. off the tree, the fruit that is. That's best true. suited right now. That's true. And instead of having one big one, you can have many small ones. So mm. should one break, it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah, that's true. So uh, the idea is also that one of the robots, if it's malfunctioning, it can report, okay, I'm not working correctly. I'm stuck here somewhere and the other robots will take over. So that's the idea. Mm. And there is just one obstacle one of the engineers told me uh, working on the project that farmers love big tractors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking everybody that's seen a big tractor, that's, <laughs> a, po that's a machine with potential yeah. right there. Mm. But they, I guess they don't like to pay for them. So yeah, well, keeping the money <laughs> and... Uh, if the robots are cheaper and more effective on the on the long run, so I, I mean, think if the farmer <laughs> can keep the money and buy a very nice BMW or a Mercedes, yeah, well, maybe okay. we can convince them to go for the robot. Maybe so, yes. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because a big tractor is a huge investment, yes, and, and also is. these combine harvesters that they yeah. use to bring the the, the um, crops in, mm -hmm. they're used a very small part of the time. The tractor yeah. is used all the time, right? Yeah. But the, the many other specialized machineries are used very rarely. And that's a huge capital outlay that, that that's just unnecessary. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 sta it's standing in the garage a lot of the time. Yeah, I'm thinking 45 out of 52 weeks, right? Mm. Um, so that was for the farmer and industry. Do you, Eckhart, also have any projects that we as private citizens might see soon? You for regular use? Um, not that I would think of any everyday projects right now. Um, so if you if you but for example if you um are unlucky and have a stroke mm. uh we will have the motore plus plus rehabilitation robot uh so this is a this is a device a robot we, we, which you can use to restore the upper limb functionality and they developed this robot together with some exercises on a screen which I, I like to call them games and and i think it's it's much more fun to do this with the robot uh than to do it in the traditional way that it's done now the rehabilitation and it's also very small and portable so it's also super for in-home rehabilitation. What I understand when it comes to rehabilitation robots is mm -hmm. also that the robot has endless patience mm -hmm. and it always does the correct movement and it can also adapt to every particular patient's every particular time because mm -hmm. through sensing and computation it can detect that this movement is best right now for this mm -hmm. patient. And it, of course, it will do it until it's fulfilled its criteria. Yeah. It won't grow tired. It won't go on. Yeah, it, sure, it, and sure. it, it's more consistent. It's true. I mean, and you can also adjust some some values to say, okay, for example, the level of stiffness, how 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 much force feedback you get from the robot, and there is also, of course, the data that is assessed how well the patient is doing, and then you can see how how well the treatment for the patient is going on the in the long run. So there are a lot of advantages of of, of bringing robots to that field. Actually, mm, very interesting, very interesting. Mm. So if one wants to participate, uh, we have basically three groups here, mm -hmm. or we have four groups. We have researchers, how can they participate in Accord++? Well, 
there used to be open calls mm. for uh, proposals, but they are closed. So mm. the money for that uh, calls is already assigned. Mm. But we have the robotics innovation facilities, our third Riffs. pillar, RIFs, exactly. Yeah. The RIFs are open to the public uh, labs with high-end robotic hardware and software, as well as uh, technical expertise that is available here. And so each and everyone that has a good idea how to autom automate a process, for example, in a factory or how to improve an existing robot, create a new one maybe, or to make a test uh, of a robot uh, to see if, if a technology works outside of the own lab, uh, can uh, go to a RIF, um, ask for a RIF engagement, as we called it, and uh, use the, the equipment there, um, talk to the people there, benefit from their knowledge, uh, and go home with an idea of what you might do in the future. And the cool thing about it, it's, as we said, at zero risk, because the first six weeks of the engagement are completely for free, paid for by uh, the Accurate Plus Plus project. And also we say we safeguard your intellectual property. So mm. we don't want to rip you off or something like that. You get non-disclosure agreements, whatever you like. So mm. the riffs are really there to help people. And uh, that's, that's, what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what they do. And so um, if you're talking about a research group, maybe they could, they, they're at an obstacle and they don't know how to overcome it. They could go to a riff and say, hey, could you help us out in, in that respect? So we're having this problem. What do you say? Uh, what should we do? And then the riff people would would uh, evaluate that proposal and and, and say see how it fits in in the scope of the riff. And also, uh, a company can come to the riff and say, this is what we're doing now, but we just think it has to be a better way of doing it. Can you help us use robotics, maybe cooperating robotics, exactly. to improve our business? Exactly. Well, even yesterday, we had the managing director of a company here who is thinking about uh, automating a part of their uh, production. So they're handling um, distribution of uh, mail order companies. They're, they're handling the returns, for example, and they also have a so-called leather shop. So they're uh, like, how could you say that they're putting cat catalogs in plastic uh, packages, for example, together with samples and so on. So and, and they have they have huge production lines. And so the, the plant is, is located in the Czech Republic. And in that region, it's almost impossible to find any more skilled labor because the market is really empty. Everybody has a job there yeah. and uh, and they want to grow but can't because they don't they don't have the people uh, to grow so actually one idea they they uh, they had was could we maybe introduce robots in the process to uh to to help us grow to automate a part of the production and it's very important here let me let me let me let me really emphasize that so everyone will keep his or her job it's it's just about what what you can do on top of that mm. uh, and also improve it i mean you might not have to do the same repetitive moment you For might example, not have yes. to lift that heavy things for instance in, in elderly care lifting patients is very very strenuous and exactly simply breaks your body in the long run exactly right? and yeah. the company i've i've been talking about so they're they do have engineers, but they're not roboticists, so they, they don't know what, what kind of robots are available on the market, so which technology would actually be there. So, so uh, I matched them with the Rift people yesterday and said, okay, 
what can the ref actually do? And now the idea is uh, to to find uh, to find out how the production works in in their plant, and to 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 have some ref people there to 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 evaluate the production and to give them an idea of what technology would be there to automate the processes, what would be feasible, and also what would what would be not be feasible from from the current technical. Very uh, important point to of know view. before you mm. go on this potentially expensive journey. Exactly. You don't want to bark up the wrong tree, as we say. I mean, right. knowing, and this <laughs> is a challenging area for non-roboticists and even mm. for roboticists. Yeah. That is knowing what is feasible, what is kind of easy and what is yeah. kind of hard and what is not feasible. Mm -hmm. You want to stay in the feasible easy spe spectrum rather than going somewhere else. Exactly. Um, so that's how uh, researchers can provide their technology to people. That's how people mm -hmm. can access them. Uh, and I guess also, uh, can you talk a little bit about how this introduction to VCs work? Uh, that is then for somebody in research that wants to start a company. Um, yes, but that's that's something we we do right now only for for the projects that are already ah, in okay. Agri Plus okay, Plus. So okay, we're okay. we're we're not at at the scale that we we could do that for for for, for everybody because that's not within the scope of Agri Plus okay, Plus. But okay. it a might be a future proposal. So yeah. you're giving me a good idea here. Yeah, <laughs> and a name has been mentioned before. That could be a good way, to, a good a good starting point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now we know more about Equid Plus Plus, and we know more mm -hmm. about the European robotic scene. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been fascinating to talk to you, and I'm sure we're going to do it again soon. Thank you. And to track your progress and and and, and the progress of the of the project that's in Equid Plus Plus. Yeah, thank you very much for having me here. It was a pleasure, and yeah, I hope to see you again too very soon. I hope you liked this episode of the podcast version of Robots in Depth. This episode is produced together with Vvolver. Vvolver is a platform and community providing engineers informative content that help them innovate. It's how engineers stay cutting edge. Optomica is the founding sponsor for Robots in Death. Optomica rents anything in modular robotics. Dream, rent, build. Visit optomica.com to connect. I'm your host, Per Sherboy. Until the next episode, thank you for listening.